You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. That's right, everybody. We're going skeet podcasting with me, your host, Trey Harris, and my producer, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. As we blow the lid off this top secret with an exclamation point movie called, coincidentally, Top Secret, starring our man, Mr. Valentine Kilmer. I don't know what Val's actually short for. <laughs> for. It's just his name. But anyway, yes, everybody. Sorry, we're, you know, I know everybody was like so excited we're back. And it's like, oh, wait, they, they're not back. What happened? Well, there's this thing called a hurricane that pretty much donkey punched Louisiana, which yeah. was I'm in California. I just mm-hmm. got to worry about earthquakes and fire. Jesse's got to worry about rain and floods. So true. But anyway, everybody's fine. Jesse's back up and running. Thank goodness. Uh, and then we got really busy last week. Uh, so but we're back this week with our little buffer. This is a I want to do a comedy film. Oh, because yeah. next episode, I was just reading. Sorry, everybody who's with us on the Discord. I saw the post like, surely you're not going to miss October 2020. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously we did. <laughs> so, But hey, next episode, it's going to be kicking off our Halloween Hootenanny of Horror. All the alliteration that you've come to know and love from those episodes. That'll be next week. But we're not, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Still haven't got a theme ironclad for it. This week is all about Top Secret and Val Kilmer. His first, first movie, actually. Uh, anyway, I'll get the who, what, when, where. I'm just, I'm just so excited to talk about this film because it's so goddamn stupid, in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Top Secret released June eighth, nineteen eighty four. IMDb seven point two. That's pretty high for a com- a parody slash comedy on a well, parody is a comedy pretty much uh, on IMDb, but Rotten Tomatoes seventy five percent critics. audience. So this is a, you know, honestly, like seeing that, I'm shocked not everybody knows about this movie because that is exceptionally high for this type of film, especially Mm -hmm. on those aggregate sites. So anyway, if you haven't seen it, you are in for a hoot. But let's let's move on with it. The budget was nine million. However, it came in a million under budget. These got uh, the Zuckers and. Uh, Abrams know how to they know how to like you know pay for a movie on the cheap uh, it opened at 4.4 domestically would go on to gross 20.4 million it was a success we never got a another top secret however uh, but it uh, worldwide it was the same it didn't it apparently didn't have a world, worldwide release because the world worldwide release if I could talk is the same as the domestic gross of 20.4 and I couldn't find any information on rentals but that's how I first actually no I saw this movie I think on TBS because I got to a, I'll, I'll get to it when I get to talking about that the particular scene where I actually saw it for the first time. But anyway, this was directed by not one, not two, but three people: Jim Abrams and the Zucker Bros. Uh, their pedigree is Airplane, Ruthless People, uh, Hot Shots. Abrams solo directed Hot Shots, uh, but also uh, him and the Zucker Brothers wrote them. Uh, as uh, as all as uh, they wrote Airplane, Ruthless People, Hot Shots. And uh, Naked Gun series as well. However, the Naked Gun series, at least the first one I'm sure of, was directed just by David Zucker. So these three guys are the kings of parody, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, no disrespect to the Wayans Brothers with Scary Movie 1 and 2. We don't talk about the other one. Well, 3 wasn't that bad, I guess. I guess the first three are okay. Uh, 2 is the best, in my opinion. Let's talk about you know early 2000s revisited. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, cinematography was by Christopher Chalice. He also did The Deep and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. So, uh, yeah. You know, but again, this is a comedy. It's not about the, the beautiful vistas of, of movies that we're used to. Uh, a notable one, which I'll get to in the Back to the Future segment. And starring our man about town, the star. Honestly, if, if I, we had to cast the movie of 80s Revisited, of act, you know, 80s actors in their prime, I'm not saying I'd be Val Kilmer, but he'd be one of us. <laughs> maybe, da- maybe Daniel. I don't know. I don't know if we had to cast ourselves as 80s actors. Uh, I don't know. You, obviously, Jesse, you'd have to be Belushi. 
Right, right. So I mean, that, it's that, I mean, is that is that too on the nose? I don't think no, so. No, I think it's. I think it has to be it, that way. Exactly. So I don't know. So if you have an idea, if if we go back, if you had to cast the '80s revisited movie in the '80s, Belushi has to be Jesse. Sorry, yeah, we've established as long that. As Who would be me? Not after '82. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be a little weird. <laughs> and my producer, Jesse Sedgley. Uh... <laughs> this is a new kind of different kind of podcast all of a sudden. Anyway, let us know. But uh, Val Kilmer, our man, he's Nick Rivers. Of course, Willow, Top Gun, Tombstone, Island of Dr. Moreau, legendary actor, Top Gun actor. <laughs> uh, Lucy Gutteridge was Hillary Flamond. Flamond. Uh, she did a lot of random TV. She was pretty good in this, though, so I was kind of surprised she didn't have anything else that was fairly notable. Uh, Jeremy Kemp was General Streck. He was in Four Weddings and a Funeral. And like the previously mentioned, Miss Gutteridge, a lot of television. Uh, Chris, now this was this surprised me because Nigel in the film, the uh, spoiler alert. So okay, spoilers if you haven't seen the movie. But again, it's a parody. It's not really spoilers. It's a goddamn comedy movie. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, you know, the, he turns out he's the lost love of uh, Hillary, and turns out to be the traitor. Much like well, that, that wasn't like in Hot Shots Part Two. There was, oh, it was the it was the girl who was the traitor in Hot Shots Part Two. Anyway, that's nineties revisited. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I was hearing his voice and seems like, I know I've seen this dude in like a ton of shit. I was wrong. He has an amazing voice. He should be a voice actor. He did. He did do some voice acting, but like his, he he's an exceptional voice actor, like really good voice. Like he, he should be used in moral stuff. Personally, if I was cast, if I was, if I was being Tarantino, I would totally have this guy in my movie. Just, just for a voice. Cause he's got a voice. Sorry. I do. A, you know, that one person who left that bad iTunes or that three star iTunes review. Those slips into funny voices sometimes. And it's annoying. If you're still listening, sorry, but also, you know, in the same, on the, on the same side of the same coin, go fuck yourself and do your own podcast. Uh, wink, wink. It's all in good fun here. Just reminding people that are just now getting back to listen to the podcast. We're all friends here. But uh, anyway, but he was in First Night with Sean Connery, which I saw that movie in the theater. And I was like, oh, Richard Gere, whatever. But Sean Connery and it's about King Arthur. Saw it in the theater. I was like, yes, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's okay. Okay, but again, this isn't '90s revisited, so that's what I actually knew him from. He so was apparently, okay. this guy is a voice artist. He, like, did, he did some stuff. He has a YouTube commercial, has like 300 views. So <laughs> Poor does, guy. Does it actually? Well, guess what? Now it's 301, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Come on the po- hey, that probably means we can get him on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's why, Chris, we just want you to talk. We love your voice. Well, just talk. Voices read. Uh, it has his an email on here, but I imagine these hey, are his maybe. representatives. Maybe I'm he could sure. do the new intro for eighties revisited. There you go. Find <laughs> one. <cut me> <laughs> yeah, but a great, like seriously, uh, this dude has a great voice. If I was, if I was a, if I was, you know, casting an animated show, like he would probably be a villain or the, the big bat or the, you know, the henchman or something. He's got a great voice. Uh, Harry Ditson was Duquois. He was in Angela has fallen. Uh, and a lot of bit parts, where a lot of the previous people were television actors, aside from Val Kilmer at this time, uh, or historically after going on for this film, he was, he, he did a lot of bit parts, but in movies, but, uh, nothing really much bigger than this, in my opinion, or Angel has fallen with, uh, Morgan Freeman and, uh, King Leonidas, uh, Jim Carter was deja vu. He was in Shakespeare in love and transformers. The last night, one of the worst movies ever fucking made. Uh, but also, Anybody who watches Downton Abbey probably knows him because he's in that show. I've never seen a single episode. All I know is that it's a show about English people and Maggie Smith's in it, and she's awesome, and that's all I know about it. The mm-hmm. end. Uh, Eddie Tago was... Uh, his character in the film is Chocolate Moose. I'm not sure if that's... <laughs> you know, it's an 80s movie, so it might be a little... Uh, off color is the wrong word to say. Uh, on color? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess, or a little on the nose, offensive. I hate using the word offensive because I fucking hate that word. But he's Chocolate Moose. He was also in Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Wall. And then after like 1995 or so, like he just stopped acting. It doesn't mm. say he's dead. He just, yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna do something else. He found a new passion. Uh, must have. And then here's the funny thing. You have Val Kilmer, who obviously, you know, his first film, he's not a star yet, but would go on to great, great heights. I mean, he, the dude would be Batman for Christ's sake, so... Uh, you know, he would go on. He's obviously the, the biggest, excuse me, modern star from this. However, the three kind of almost cameo-esque roles are by 
established, amazing actors. That's where the money went. First off, Michael Goff, or Go. Hmm. I think it's pronounced Go, but it, it looks like Cough. I always, when I was a kid, I always called him Michael Goff, but I'm pretty sure it's Michael Go is how it's pronounced. He was Dr. Flamin, Hillary's uh, dad. Of course, he's Alfred from the Tim Burton Batman movies and unfortunately also the Schumacher films. So uh, suit me up, Uncle Alfred. But he was also in Sleepy Hollow, which it's funny because uh, every time it's Halloween. You know, it's as far as I'm concerned. After my wife's birthday is the 14th. After her birthday, it's Halloween season officially for me. So anytime somebody says something like one of my Halloween phrases, I tend to say is hit one of his lines from Sleepy Hollow, where Autumn's like, "Did you take this off here?" I said, "I took it back to hell," because <laughs> he says that Heather's Horseman does that. So anyway, I got a chocolate mousse up. update. Uh-oh. Chocolate Moose uh, after... <laughs> breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. We go to Jesse with the breaking news at the news desk. Jesse. He uh, decided to pursue his reflexology career, and now he's the team reflexologist for Newcastle United. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, he How likes to massage from... feet. <laughs> How do you... Tarantino would love this dude. Uh, how do you go from being, you know, in top secret Raiders of the Lost Ark in the wall and being like, nah. nah hey, but hey, give, he's looking at them me. feet. <laughs> yes. Hey, man, I ain't, I ain't complaining. I'm just, that's not the choice I would have made. Right, and it's wrong right. to project your choices on other people. Sure. But, I mean, I mean maybe he's a big fan of football like, clubs and making sure they could do their jobs out there. So, yeah. You know, good for him. So, thank you, Jesse. Now back to the regularly scheduled podcast already <laughs> in progress. Uh, but Omar, uh, M- Michael Go, as we said, since Sleepy Hollow, Batman, etc., etc. Omar Sharif was Agent Cedric. Motherfucker was in Lawrence of Arabia <laughs> and Dr. Zhivago, which I've seen Lawrence of Arabia, never seen Dr. Zhivago. It's a Barbra Streisand movie. I'm not a Barbra Streisand fan. Uh, my mom loves her to death, but I think it's a boomer thing. I don't know. But Omar Sharif is kind of like the the best thing to describe him as in this film is like the O.J. Simpson of the naked gun right like uh, the the side character that's important to the plot or getting the information but always gets like brutally beat up that's kind of it's almost like it's pretty much where they they copy this character for the naked gun because he's always he's getting crushed in a car compactor and shows back up in a car crush like as a little i mean i can't no better way to describe it but like you know a short dude in a crush car you have to watch the movie you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and then the late and also actually i think michael Go died as well. I think all these guys are dead now. Uh, but one of the, there's, in my opinion, there's two extremely notable scenes that this film is known for and imitated and been paid homage to, homage to, not homage. The H is silent. Uh, so many people say it that way. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, I'm not the person. I'm not going to call it out. But other people like to call that crap out and just said just letting it fly. I'm but, okay uh, with Peter either Cushing one. Was the book? Yeah. Uh, Peter Cushing is the bookstore owner for the brief scene, but of course Peter Cushing is Grand Moff Tarkin from Star Wars, who you may find when ready, and he fucking blows up Alderaan. He kills more people than almost anybody in any movie. He kills billions of people in Star Wars. So, but also of course, uh, you know that's not you know that's what most American people remember him from. But before that, I mean, he was a been a long, long, very famous actor. But mainly before Star Wars, he was uh, Frankenstein, not Frankenstein's monster. I'm using the correct terminology. He was Dr. Frankenstein in the Hammer film, the Hammer horror films. And he was also uh, the uh, Van Helsing in the Dracula films, him and Christopher Lee, best of friends uh, all through their lives till they both, you know, till Peter Cushing passed away. Great and legendary actor. But the bookstore scene in this film. If you've already seen it, you might not remember, or if you didn't pay attention, it's backwards. It's filmed, they filmed it, you know, they filmed the scene backwards in the movie, it plays backwards. Uh, but it's the scene that if you or if you're on our Instagram or Facebook, where he's holding up the magnifying glass to his eye, and it looks like his eye's big because he's got the magnifying glass, and he takes the magnifying glass down, and his eye is actually ginormous. Great fucking visual gag, one of the most famous scenes in the movie. Uh, but it's absolutely, it's, it's, it's my second favorite scene, which we'll get to the now that we've done talk to the about the cast. Let's get into the movie and we'll get to my favorite scene of the movie that made me uh, m- immediately love it. Uh, but Jesse, have you ever seen Top Secret with an exclamation point at the end? Long, long ago, I had most. I think that's what it's like. This is a film that when I see people talk about it, it's usually like, "Oh yeah, I haven't seen that movie in forever." Like, you know, kind of a kind of a situation. Because, uh, you know, I mean, airplane people think of parody, especially in, in around this time. You th- 
Airplane's always usually one of the first ones on best of list. Naked Gun, obviously. Uh, Leslie Nielsen is a genius. But this one, this one to me is criminally overlooked and underrated with how funny it is. Uh, but anyway, I first saw this on TV. I want to say it was it was either TBS or it might have been Comedy Central. But I tuned in at the end of the movie. And at the end of the movie is the other scene I was talking about where Val Kilmer's Nick Rivers character falls into a river with the uh, the fiancé slash spy Nigel. And they go into the water and they have a complete fight scene underwater where they never come up for air. They go to the bottom. They start fighting. One of them gets punched and there's a, all of a sudden there's a table underwater and it goes over the table underwater. And then it, it, you know, as the fight goes on, they're in a fucking saloon under the water having a Western bar fight underwater. It is hilarious. It's so well done. It's so – I'm watching this and just like, what movie is this? That's Val Kilmer. What is this? <laughs> Finally figure out what it is. Comes on again like at 4 a.m. in the morning on Comedy Central. Stayed up late, watched it, immediately loved it. And I had seen the cover of this movie before because most people might remember the VHS cover because it has the big, you know, like kind of top secret. I say logo, but anytime in a movie when somebody stamps something top secret, that's the logo of the movie. But then there's a cow in rubber boots. So if you remember the VHS box of the cow in rubber boots, it's this movie. But upon seeing that scene, I felt I was like, okay, I have to see this movie. Watched it beginning to end. Absolutely loved it. It's so it's just it's so punny. P-U-N-N-Y. The puns do not fucking stop in this movie. It, it's just one, uh, one sight gag, pun, innuendo after another the entire time. Like, there's always a joke on screen or being said practically. Watch those it's hard It's a funny ball overload. <laughs> oh, what was that, Jesse? Watch those hard peas into the mic. Somebody's got to write a letter about it. <laughs> yeah. Don't leave a bad review. Just say, hey, get a pop screen. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll do that. There were, there were a lot of P's there. Slightly I'm turn your my, head. I'm putting my hand in front of the P. Is that a, is that a, huh? So sorry about it's the P's. Thank it's you, Jesse. All good. Just wanted to point it uh, out so they'd be like, man, they don't even know what's happening. Well, we somebody's going to point. We're somebody's well aware gonna... of how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull a Mitch Hedberg and just not use any of those letters. Those upside down P's. So to get back on oint, uh... Anyway, I love this film. It's super, 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 super funny. Uh, but the one thing, the only thing that I have to fault it for, and actually when I was reading the trivia, uh, one of the Zucker brothers actually says this too. There's The plot is just there for the, co- for the sake of the comedy. It's like they had all these gags and all these set pieces, set pieces, excuse me, and put, <laughs> and put them all into a movie and just had a loose script around it. Uh, you know, so the story is simple. It's something that you've obviously seen in a million movies before, but it's it's secondary to the comedy. So I understand why people might not like it for that reason, or you know, I can understand faulting it for that. Uh, but however, I mean, the char- Kilmer's charisma, his singing, which he did completely all himself, by the way, just like in the Doors movie, uh, is spot on. It's it's the comic every the comedic timing is pretty or really flawless. I gotta let that joke go. Uh, (laughs) It's done. I'm beating it into the ground. Uh, But anyway, uh, you know, so it's, if you haven't seen it, but you like, if you like the naked gun, you'll like this. To me, this movie is funnier than airplane. A lot of people think, Oh, the funniest movie ever made is airplane. Well, I say people in our age group, a lot of them, I say, no airplanes funny, but I mean, you know, three amigos, top secret, naked gun. I think there's, Many funny Ghostbusters, even I think, is funnier than Airplane. But Airplane is just just out of nowhere, just the ridiculous parody that the world needed at that time. And it's a PG movie with tits. Mm-hmm. I remember getting the Blu-ray from Walmart and like watching it with my mom because my brother—that's when my brother moved to California—and my dad and him drove from Louisiana to California and nearly died <laughs> several <laughs> times. They were falling asleep at the wheel. But uh, so I'm staying with my mom, so she's not so lonely. And I rented, uh, bought Airplane because it was like $6 DVD. And then like, because oh, I hadn't seen it in forever. See, I was you know, familiar with the TV version. All of a sudden, there's just the plane's crashing there's a, or landing. And there's just all of a sudden naked breasts on the screen. I'm like, whoops. Tits PG with movies. Oh, you, Yep. <laughs> you know, just like, <gasps> like oh. Oh, like, my like, heavens. Yeah. Everybody's seen, you know, pearl clutching moment. Like, oh, my <laughs> God. 
But anyway, I love this movie. It's fucking great. If you have not seen it, I highly, highly recommend it. Uh, but let's get on to the trivia before we get down to the you know the review part or the uh, score part and everything. Uh, as I mentioned, all the songs Kilmer sings in the film, he actually performed. And on the soundtrack, it's credited as his character, not as Val Kilmer. So Nick Rivers has a you know album out, an actual album out. <laughs> Uh, when he's in prison uh, with the Germans, there's a headshot of Cher that can be seen on the wall a couple times. Kilmer was dating Cher at the time. This is, is he hasn't even been in a movie yet. You know, he's he's big in mm. you know, he was big in New York. He was you know in plays and he went to Juilliard and all that. You know, so he was working his way up. But before he was even famous, practically, uh, he was dating Cher. Crazy. Uh, wow. And this is a running gag in the entire film. Uh, because constantly Nick and uh, or Val and uh, Lucy's characters constantly speak, you know, back to the German characters, but everything they say is in Yiddish or just uh, what's the way to put it, like uh, beginner German. So it sounds good, but it's it's completely not in reference to what the the person is saying. Like for example, when the waiter is asked to comes to take Nick's order and he places it in German, he's using a Yiddish cursed which is go take a shit in the ocean. That's what he orders at the for dinner. Uh, and another example is when uh, Hillary places an order with the waiter. Uh, at her, when she places her order, she says, go bash your head in, is what she orders. So whenever the main characters speak German or something, it's it's completely not what it's subtitled or... I don't, I don't think it's sub, I can't remember if it's subtitled or not. Uh, but what they're actually saying, I'm pretty sure it's subtitled. Unless we were just watching it with subtitles on, <laughs> which I never do, but sometimes Autumn leaves them on, and I fucking hate that. So I don't like read. I can't watch a movie when I have to read things, unless it's a martial <laughs> arts film or an anime. I don't mind it. If it's a foreign film, I'm totally for it. But just wait till your hearing goes out. <laughs> well, then I have to. But if it's like, if it's motherfucking, uh, I don't know what's a uh, uh, Star Wars. I don't need the fucking subtitles on. I blame the hey, sound like, mix. Whole movie. <laughs> sound mix hey, is fault. Everybody can everybody can do whatever they want to do. <laughs> you know, I just I don't like it. And this is my podcast, so again, if you don't like it, <laughs> this guy doesn't like subtitles in American movies. What a commie! Go start your own podcast about subtitles. I See will. See how far I get you. <laughs> no, Jesse. No, I need you. <laughs> But uh, anyway, uh, the scene in which uh, Lucy looks down from the balcony and you see a street miniature with hamsters running around, that miniature is actually reused from the original uh, Christopher Reeve Superman movie. The Zucker brothers and the uh, Abrams uh, actually found it in the uh, studios where they're working and like, hey, let's just throw it in the movie somewhere, which again goes to the thing how they had all these pieces and just put it together to make this movie with the plot around it and everything, which... I think it came out fine. It's just, I mean, honestly, like, for example, Happy Gilmore. I lo Happy Gilmore is my favorite Adam Sandler movie because the story doesn't get in the way of the comedy mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, The Waterboy and even Billy Madison. You know, straight-up comedy, and then there's five minutes of, oh, here, Grandma, I saved your house, and then it's straight back to the ludicrous comedic stuff. Mm. That's what I love about Happy Gilmore. This movie, there's drama, but it's ne nothing in this movie is serious. Now, do I want that in every movie? No. But for this movie, it works so damn well to where it's a, it's, I think it comes in maybe like an hour, it's either right at 90 or like an hour and 27 or something. It's like really, you know, it's, it's a short comedic romp. This is, uh, like if I, if I needed to laugh, this would be a great movie to put on that. I'm just watching your screen. There's an inappropriate <laughs> 80s <laughs> joke uh, on the screen right now for Say modern it. times. For folks that can't. Uh, yeah, a visual it. joke on an audio podcast. I know it happens a lot here. Sorry, uh, but anyway, uh, here's a fun fact for any. Uh, I'm not sure what you call people who study cows. I'll just say a cowologist for fun. Uh, for all you cowologists out there or aspiring cowologists, cows hate having things put on their feet, like cats. Uh, so to get them to wear the boots that they're wearing in the film, they had to cut out the bottoms and basically velcro them to the cow's leg. And if you watch the movie, you can absolutely see that. In the film, little behind the scenes movie magic, bovine psychology, <laughs> psychology of cows. <laughs> yeah, it's bovine psychology. Not much of a okay term. Yeah, and that's not much of a that's bovineology. I'll, we'll Bo just we'll, we'll short term it to that bovineology, bovinegally. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, oh, this was a cool little uh, aside. The directors were really happy that Omar Sharif was going to be in the movie. 
Uh, so to celebrate, like, hey, you know, we want to do a big dinner for you. Thank you for being in our silly little movie. Sharif accepted the invitation, and they prepared a big dinner for him. But they found out when it was time when they're waiting for him, he already left England. When they later asked why, hey, why didn't you come? He said, "It's a tradition in my culture, which, if you didn't know, Omar, Omar Sharif is Egyptian, not to refuse any offer. So, for example, if someone offers you a drink, you should accept it, even though you won't drink it." However, they still had a great meal and expensive dinner all by themselves. <laughs> so I thought that was just a little interesting tidbit. And uh, Val Kilmer, because of the end fight scene where it's underwater, he earned himself a diving certificate by filming it. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic included a backwards film scene uh, at the end of the Amish Paradise music video, which is, I think, one of his my favorite songs and I think one of his best parodies. Let's talk about good old Weird Al. Uh, so that scene at the end where it's in reverse, where he comes like out of the hay and walks towards the camera. Mm-hmm. The last like little bit of the song that is an homage to the bookstore scene in Top Secret. Nice. And uh, as I referenced before, Jerry Zucker mentioned that Airplane is more of a movie, and Top Secret is a little more of a joke book. That is a perfect, perfect example uh, way to describe this film. And again, I don't want every comedy to be like this, but it works for this movie. Uh, the prosthetic that Peter Cushing wore to make his eye look like it was in a magnifying glass was actually. Uh, they made a cast of his face to do it for the prosthetic. And then that exact same cast of Peter Cushing's face was later used 30 over 30 years later to help build the CGI model of his face that was used in Rogue One. Wow. So t- thanks to Top Secret, we have <laughs> Tarkin in uh, Rogue One, which I didn't mind his like you know CG face, mm-hmm. but I hated to lay a face at the end. We didn't need to see her. They could have just showed her in silhouette or just from behind. And that would have been enough to have been like, oh, shit. But her seat, you know, that de-aging stuff, it's so, that technology is still so new. It's yeah. just, I don't know. They haven't got the hang of it quite yet. I mean, go look at The Irishman on Netflix uh, for mm. even a, in Tron Legacy. I love Tron Legacy. That movie is badass. But the de-aged Jeff Bridges, it's the <laughs> hair. It's that uncanny. To me, it's, it's the hair and like the eyes. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the stuff looks good. You got the stubble, you got the moles, all that kind of like little stuff. But it's that 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 uncanny valley to me of the eyes that have no life behind them, you know. Use the actor's eyes and then just in the hair, you know, have them wear a wig and use their eyes and then de-age that. Try that; it might it probably will look fucking better. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not a visual effects artist. I'm just a common sense kind of person. Seems to me that might help fix the things that don't look right. Anyway, so all you you know million dollar millionaire special effects people out there, I just you know cracked your you know problem or whatever. I don't fucking know. <laughs> anyway, uh, and of course, uh, this I thought this was kind of crazy. The gag of uh, Peter Cushing's eyeball being big. Uh, two years earlier, before this movie was made, he had to go to the hospital, in which his left eye had actually swollen up to three times its size. Uh, and come to find out, that's how he realized that he had cancer. Uh, so having that gag in this movie was actually sort of a joke between him, his friends, and the filmmakers about it so it's kind of a little to me it's a little morbid <laughs> but knowing that you know the dude dies from the cancer that was he kind of found out about because of his eye being swollen three times i can't imagine that Ugh. uh his eye so but anyway that's you know not too much uh behind the scenes stuff a few interesting tidbits back there again this is a comedy movie this is a you know when i this is a stupid movie and i mean that with utmost respect you know this is not shawshank redemption which actually released I think like 30 something years ago today or something. I saw that on wow. Facebook. Uh, so hats off to Frank Darabont and Morgan Freeman and, and uh, what's his name? Andy Dufresne, Tim Robbins. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> you know, so uh, again, this don't go in expecting it to be like, God, this movie was dumb. Yes, ex- that exactly. This movie is meant to be dumb. And the thing is, as you're watching it, you're going to start to realize, I bet this is going to happen because you know, the gag you, you, once you get, once you see what the movie is and realize how far it's going to go with its puns and gags and double entendres and innuendos and everything, excuse me, you kind of get it. Uh, so you see where it's going. So I really can't fault it too much because it, it is, it's a film that knows exact. It, it, the film knows the assignment, and the Zucker's and Abrams fulfilled that assignment. You hear that verbiage a lot, like, this person understood the assignment. They understood the assignment with this movie, and they nailed it. This is how you make a dumb, stupid movie. But it's so goddamn funny. <laughs> I love this movie. I give it an 8. Uh, I probably, honestly, you know, eight point, I'm going to give it 8.5. I, uh, uh, 
I'll go to bat for this movie at any time. This movie is great. It is so stupid. It's so funny. I love it to death. Val Kilmer's great in it. The music's good. I mean, if you ever want to hear Val Kilmer cover Tutti Fruity, it's in this film. And it's great. And I'll tell you what, every time I watch this, the, there's there's gag, there's layer, there's Photoshop. This is Photoshop comedy. There are layers of gags in this film. When you watch any of the musical numbers, watch the, you know, if you've seen it before, uh, watch the background. There's all there's all these ridiculous sight gags. Some are obvious to take your mind, like to, to draw your eye to it. It's the dominant part of the frame. But there are some, if you look over to the corner of the frame, there's some stupid thing happening over here. There might be four or five jokes in a scene. And there's the main joke that's being spoke. There's a visual joke on the main character. There's a visual joke in the background. And there's something else elsewhere in the frame. In my opinion, it's a genius comedy in terms of how multi-layered it is. Light on story. Again, I don't want to sound like a broken record. Too late. But that's it. That's what I give it. I love it. Watch it. I recommend it. Nick Rivers might not last too long in the next character showdown, but this movie (laughs) is one of the top. In my opinion, I would say, maybe uh, because since we covered all the years, maybe I'll start doing like the top 10 lists of like, you know, my if I had to pick 10 favorite horror movies or comedies of the eighties, et cetera, oh, yeah. et cetera, for some filler episodes, spoiler alert, this would be on the top 10 comedies of the eighties hmm. to sum it up for the last time. I'm promised criminally underrated deserves more attention. Cause it's so damn funny. And that's about it for talking about this movie. So got any thoughts? Let me know. Eighties visited at gmail.com or on a uh, Instagram eighties underscore revisited. No apostrophe. All that kind of fun stuff. Or on Facebook. I don't care. Or on Discord. Because we're on Discord every time we record now. And I see all the messages from the past year because I never checked Discord. <laughs> and I just... Again, I'm I'm a I'm a, what I call a zennial. You know that I and you too, I think Jesse from you know yeah. that micro generation kind of between millennials and uh Gen X. You know, we can we can post on social media, but we can't and, and we, but we know we know what it was like to dial a rotary phone kind of thing. Kind of age group, mm-hmm. parents. They don't know how to post on social media, but they can dial a rotary phone. You know, we're the we're the bridge generation. Uh, but anyway, all I'm getting at with that is I don't actually fucking forgot. So, oh yeah, I don't you know Discord. We'll check I, I got it now. I got it. I got <laughs> Discord, Twitter. I I'm 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 just done with Twitter. Like, if it, if if the if it posts on Twitter, good. If not, I don't understand. I just open it up and I see all the ats and all the different hashtags. It's like I don't wait. Who's talking to me? Well, there are pound signs to- everywhere. <laughs> I don't get it. Why is everybody wanting to play tic-tac-toe? What is this thing? <laughs> so I'm not, you know, Twitter is a lost cause for me. Instagram, Facebook, uh, and Discord, because we're on there now. So everybody who's posted on Discord before, please come back and post. We will see it. Or I should, Jesse, you saw it all <laughs> already when it was posted. I didn't see it because I didn't get on Discord after installing it for the first time when I did. But enough of that bullshit. Uh, anyway, in the real world, this again, this released June 8th, 1980. I did June 8th, right? Let me double check. Yeah. June 8th, 1984. On the same day, I'm going to give you a good and bad. Unfortunately, a deadly F- F5 tornado nearly destroyed the town of Barnfeld, Wisconsin, killing nine people, injuring 200, and causing over 25 million in damage. Sad day for those people. Heart goes out to anybody affected by that. However, Ghostbusters and Gremlins came out in theaters, so everybody else was having a really good. Friday night, just saying. So it was a good time to go to movie, go to the movies, and of course this was out too. But again, I mean, this is this is a, a perfect illustration of how this movie got overshadowed. Because like, again, if I did a top ten comedy movies, spoiler alert, Ghostbusters would be on it as well. Hmm. Do I think Ghostbusters is a better movie than Top Secret? Absolutely. Is it funnier? Yeah, barely. But it's a, these are different types of humor. One is dumb, silly gag humor. The other is geniusly written humor. Two opposite ends of the spectrum. Ghostbusters is funnier. It's a better movie. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, you know, of the choice to see those three movies, Ghostbusters, Gremlins, and Top Secret, it would be in that exact order is how I would recommend them. Uh, but anyway, so that kind of shows you how it got overshadowed, you know, didn't kind of slip under the radar for a lot of people. Uh, but again, it, it was on TV a lot. So I think that's where it's – this is definitely a cult comedy film, I'd say. Uh you might hear more people even talking about it now because of Al Kimmer's documentary and you know people seeing, oh, he was in a comedy movie? That movie looks great. He was singing. You're going to see more people maybe mention it or it's going to show up a little more often. Be more in the public eye for a little bit at least. Who knows? But if not, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's dumb fun. If you don't like dumb fun, it's not for you. But if you like dumb fun, you're going to love it. If you like The Naked Gun, you'll fucking love it. It's just Naked Gun with Al Kilmer as a secret agent. There you go. 
could I say could have saved an hour <laughs> off the podcast for just saying that in the beginning. <laughs> but anyway, back to the future this week. Uh, Jesse, any uh, new movies, games, anything, anything of note? Um, let's see. I caught up. I decided to get Apple TV and catch up on some of those. Oh. So Wait, I got, what specifically? I don't know. Just uh, someone in the um, on iHeart Board Games recommended we watch Schmigadoon because it's a we were talking about musicals. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's a musical. <laughs> hmm. Is it a movie right. or a show? It's a show. It's a okay. one I've season limited it. series, but it's like it's uh, it taps into the old musicals. Like this couple walks hmm. into this town and they're stuck in this town and this town is, <laughs> does everything in musicals. Um, huh. But yeah, it's it all right. Anybody in it of note? Uh, let's see. Keegan Michael Key. Oh. Um, Cecily Strong. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's her. some notable people in there. Hmm, uh, it's a out. Lord Michaels production. Ah. But also caught up sense. on uh, Ted Lasso. Cause is, I heard, that, is that show as good as people say it is? Cause... That's what I kept hearing. It's like all these, like in other comedy projects, people are like referencing Ted Lasso. I'm like, okay, I got to watch this show now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Because, I mean, we have a very similar taste. You know, we both love Sunny. South Park. It's nothing like uh, those. It's nothing like that. Okay. No, this is like, if it were on NBC, it'd be similar. You know, it's like tonally. It's um, mm-hmm. it's just a really nice guy ends up in a situation where people are trying to take advantage of him. But he's ah. just so nice. And, uh, you know, he just changes people's lives that way. But, um, hmm. and, sort of uh, like. Derek, did you watch Derek with Ricky Gervais? I did watch that, but uh, where he's kind of like it kind of reminds me of like uh, My Name Is Earl, oh, like from uh, a long time ago, uh, because yeah. you know just uh, well he's not changing a change of heart or anything. I don't know. It stands mm-hmm. on its own. It just won seven Emmys. Um, yeah, that's what, that's what I saw that the other day. I was like, okay, maybe I should watch this show because I see. I, honestly, I don't like Jason Sudeikis. I never liked. Him. I never have been a fan either. So. Schmitty from Always oh, Sunny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I've yeah. never been a huge fan of him either because I watched him in like interviews and he, I don't know, maybe he's just a really private guy, but he's I guess, totally but he's banging different. Olivia Munn and I hate him. I mean, not Olivia Munn, uh, Olivia Wilde and I, <laughs> that just makes me mad. Someone else is banging on Olivia Munn. Um, oh, uh, she, uh, she another SNL got, guy, uh, John Mulaney, I think. Yeah, that's it, John Mulaney. Because last um, I heard she was dating Aaron Rodgers. And all yeah, of a that's she's, dating, you know, she's all over the – I mean, I'm not saying anything derogatory, but it's just like I don't she, keep up with these stars. Eh, I she's just always been all over the place. <laughs> Ever since G4 yeah, I mean, went under, she went all over the place. Yeah, I was about to say she was on that uh, Attack game of the show. network. Yeah. Yeah. So. But what else but have I got? She's not a very good actress because she wasn't a good Psylocke no. and she wasn't – she's she's very beautiful. You know what? Sure. And stick with that. You know, not I mean, better actress than I am, but <laughs> our mutual I mean, friend Matt was obsessed with her. I mean, she's very beautiful. Again, she's gorgeous, but you know, the best looking people. Like, for example, here's a perfect example: Kim Kardashian is hosting SNL, like coming up. Yeah, it's not going to be a good episode. <laughs> I'm calling it now. Not that that requires any degree of psychic power or anything, but it's probably not going to be good. Yeah. Good. Also. All this SNL talk. Rest in peace, Norm Macdonald. I that yeah. broke my damn heart. It did. Mine Norm Macdonald has always him. Tim, like going back to that cast at that time in the nineties, mm-hmm. his weekend update was always my favorite. Yeah, that was my weekend. And dirty, update. exactly. People always say, "Oh, yeah, Norm Macdonald. Oh, you, you like Norm Macdonald more than Dennis Miller?" Yes. Yes, by a huge amounts. I mean, always <laughs> love Norm Macdonald. Dirty Work is a. If you haven't seen Dirty Work, and. uh he had a follow-up to it with, I think, Dave Chappelle and Danny DeVito. Oh, what was that movie? It's Dirty Work is a comedic is comedic gold and definitely his best movie. But he had another movie. Oh, what was that movie? I can. It was him and Dave Chappelle, and it's great. Oh, they like they they steal shit, and oh, I don't know. Look it up. Just IMDb him. I thought that was Dirty Danny Work. Danny DeVito. Was it? Dirty uh, that was that was with Artie Lang. And Shooter McGavin. Oh, I don't even know what you're talking about. Where they're stealing it's, stuff. Yeah, uh, I cannot hold on. Is it screwed? Now, that's it. Screwed. I th- okay. Yeah, 
Okay, I think that was like his follow-up. Oh yeah, yeah, where they steal the dog. Like that's it. I knew they stole yeah. something. It was. Uh, I haven't seen it in forever. And I don't want to go watch it. Uh, but if you, you know, if you're a fan, if you haven't seen, you haven't seen Dirty Work, you know, the highest possible recommendation. Dirty Work is amazing. Uh, but screwed him, Chappelle, and Devito in a movie. Yes, it actually happened, and it's pretty <laughs> damn funny. Absolutely. But yeah, wow. I mean, ser- that was shocking when I saw. It, I was like, this is a joke. No, it, wherever, I saw it, I think, on Consequence Podcast Network or, or one of the pages I follow. It was only one page reporting. I'm like, hey, nobody else is saying anything. You know, then as I'm Googling, I'm seeing more and more. I'm like, no, like, oh my God, like, what the fuck? You know, which tremendous loss. Genuinely one of like my, my personal favorite comedians. Uh, so pretty much my favorite comedians are dead. <laughs> They're, all dead. <laughs> They're all dead. Norm MacDonald, Mitch Hedberg, George Carlin, Richard Pryor. I don't know who the fifth would be. Uh, let me pick one that's alive. Uh, Andrew Jeselnik. Aim for one that's really young. <laughs> so they'll stick <laughs> or, around for a they're while. They're going to die of a drug overdose. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mitch Hedberg was young. <laughs> I think. Good point. Um, yeah, he was. But uh, anything else? Uh, I mean, Norm MacDonald was technically young. I mean, for 61. I mean, that's not terribly old. To he didn't look go. that old, you know? He looked, you know, like a yeah. dad, but like not... I wouldn't say 61, you know, that's just younger than my mom. Yeah. That's and plus, you know, extreme. he has 10 years worth of cancer aging him. Yeah. So unfortunately. Yeah. Terrible, terrible loss period. Uh, but, uh, anything else that you happen to come across recently? Uh, not that I can recall. Did you ever, uh, unbox or, uh, I know you unboxed it, but did y'all ever play the Dune game yet or? Oh yeah. Yeah. We played that. Um, yeah. On the stream, twitch.tv oh, slash heartboard games. And uh, yeah, it's good. Good game. I have to check that one out. I didn't even notice mm-hmm. it on the on the feed. And by, I mean, of course, the movie's coming out, so like, there's a shit ton of thumbnails with Dune on it. So I might just scroll right mm-hmm. past it on my social media. Sure. But I've seen, I've seen three movies I want to talk about. All right. Um, two are very recent. One is one that I think I mentioned on the last episode that I never wanted to watch, but after talking about it, I, as a matter of fact, can now say. And it hurts me to say this, but I have now seen Wild Wild West, and <laughs> it it was it, it it lived up to its name. It was god awful, except Salma Hayek. Oh my! I, if I would have known that we get a butt shot of Salma Hayek in the '90s when that movie came out, <laughs> maybe we did. and I just didn't hear it. I would have seen it a long time ago because I'm watching this movie I'm like, oh my god, Becky, look so, at her terrible spot. movie. <laughs> terrible movie will smith will smith is a good actor i will never say he's a bad actor like or in general but he is terrible how he got another job after this movie thank goodness he did because he went on to do some great things but it's so like he even admits it like he shouldn't have done he guess what he did guess what he turned down to do this movie in case you didn't hear the story already the matrix wow that's like sean connery mm-hmm. turning down gandalf to be fucking uh League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which honestly, thank God he did, because mm. <laughs> he McClellan is Gandalf as far as I'm concerned. Uh, just like, you know, thank goodness Will Smith turned down The Matrix, because if he acted like this in The Matrix, we wouldn't be having a third one. I mean, uh, we wouldn't have had a, a trilogy of it, probably, and the new one would not be happening, likely, if he acted as bad as he did in this movie in The Matrix. This, seriously, I don't want to talk about it too much, because I'm watching it just like, is this real? Is this really happening? This movie could not, this is... It's like they took all the bad jokes that you can't make today in the in the 80s. And I say today, but they showed them in this movie. It's terrible. Oh, my God. If you haven't seen it, it's, it's true. Uh, it, everything you heard about Wild Wild West is true. It's like Han Solo. It's true. All of it. <laughs> terrible. And also, I never heard this about someone watching it. And the, it starts off So it's early on. Will Smith's in a water tower seducing a woman in a water tower while he's trying to, like, bust this gang have you seen it jesse why would i ever (laughs) (laughs) i took the bullet for both of us then (laughs) but anyway okay so in this and he's he's in in this water you know a water tower very well lit water tower i can do a riff tracks for this film like i really should just recorded (laughs) it because i was on fire i don't like to toot my own horn but uh toot toot i had some good observations about this film however i did not know in addition to oh worst villain ever again a visual joke and audio podcast, <laughs> Kenneth Branagh's a great actor, great director. Kevin Klein is a great actor. 
how did they get in this fucking movie? Money. Seriously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But uh, I don't, I mean, all of them are lucky to have worked again after this point blank. Mm. Seriously. But I also did not know that there are not one, but two scenes of Will's or a stunt dick of a dick. There's a, there's full, not that I'm complaining, you know, equal rights. You know, we get Salma Hayek's butt. I say equal rights, you know, equal representation. We get Salma Hayek's butt and we got to see Will Smith's dick. I'm fine with it. However, this is a PG 13 movie. And mm. you have that typical, there's this shot where, you know, the, the person is naked in the foreground and you're looking between their legs. So, you know, they're naked, but you can't see anything. Mm-hmm. Nah, bro. You straight up see scrote and a, and a <laughs> tip of a penis. Like, bl- like, I'm just like, how is this movie PG 13? You literally see the dick. You know, so I don't know. I don't know. It it complete. I, I'm like watching. Like I had the I. So that's you know, Will Smith. I'll be the first. I mean, I doubt it. Was, it was, had to be a stunt person. I doubt he'd be naked at that point in his career on camera. Period. But it is straight up. Again, it's 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 like the Fight Club thing. Here it is. Everybody, everybody doesn't know if they saw it or you know they think they see it, but they did see it. Um, but there's two scenes. One where he falls down and you see it. There it is. You're looking at it. You see a butt shot and look. <laughs> Yeah. Plain as day. It's back dick. <laughs> you see back dick in this movie, and it's PG thirteen. Like again, I you know male. I don't care if you sh- if you have it in a movie. I was just shocked in the first five minutes. I t- I see two shots of stunt dick because I don't believe it's Will Smith's dick. Uh, pretty sure. So I would, I would, I would in Vegas. I would bet that it's not. At that point mm. in his career, he wouldn't do that. Uh, but we see Salma Hayek's ass, and that makes everything worthwhile. That made me very happy. Salma Hayek is a beautiful woman and a great actress. Again, I'm a, I'm a red-blooded American male, uh, so that part made me happy. But anyway, enough talking about this shitty-ass movie. It is terrible. If you've never seen it, you know what? It's it's Get drunk or high and watch this movie, and you'll have a good time at laughing how bad it is. Like how true – you know, you always hear like, oh, this movie is great. It's a pinnacle of cinema. Or this movie is so bad you should never see it. And usually it's never quite that as bad as you hear. No, I can attest to you. This movie is as bad as you've heard. Everything you've heard is true. It is god awful. There's nothing good about it except, you know, for me. So, I mean, it's good seeing these certain actors in a role, just seeing them because they're they're good. But they're in a shitty movie, and there's nothing redeemable about this movie. It's garbage. Moving on, we shall never talk about this movie again on this podcast. Uh, I also saw the new Eastwood film, Cry Macho, which mm. I liked it. It's good. But the trailer made me think, gave me a false expectation of what the movie was about. Uh, not that I thought it was an action. I thought it was more of an action drama, but it's more of a drama action, if that makes sense. Granted, Clint is 91 years old to where they have to have stunt doubles riding horses for him now. Wow. Uh, but and again, Honestly, I'll go ahead and say I, him and Dennis, uh, him and Denis Villeneuve. Again, I can never pronounce his name. Sorry, the guy doing Dune. Mm-hmm. Uh, him and I, I would say his only Eastwood's only peer in terms of directing right now. Well, I take it back. He, I think he is the best director working in Hollywood right now. Uh, his films, they the look and the feel and the tone he nails every single time when he directs. I can't fault anything on that regard. Uh, I can fault the script and how uh, Mexican women just throw themselves at a 91-year-old man in this movie. <laughs> uh, now, let, 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 me, let, me take, let me take a step back. This film was originally supposed to star Arnold Schwarzenegger in the 90s and 80s. Or no, excuse me. It's the original this movie, it's, it's based on a book. I'm, I'm kind of getting flabbergasted. Sorry, everybody. But this was actually supposed to be Schwarzenegger's movie after he was – his first movie back being Governor. And it didn't work out. Eastwood comes along. This movie is exceptionally well acted, well shot. The score is good. It's the writing and the and the story that I don't that failed 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 the other aspects of the film. Uh, it's like this beautiful older Mexican woman is talking to Eastwood earlier on and like basically tries to seduce him. I don't buy that for a second. Immediately takes me out of the movie. Now, granted, Clint is a stud. If you go on Wikipedia and look how many children he has, I believe it says something like undetermined. <laughs> that's that's how much of a and he's, he's I mean, he's Clint fucking Eastwood, you know, but in this movie, he's not Clint Eastwood. He's Mike he's, Milo. Old, 
he's this old has been cowboy basically who got injured and lost his family and all that you know again i'm kind of i'm bringing meta stuff into the movie but it took me out of this world that we're seeing uh and uh but again every every person in this movie is is like a good like a phenomenal actor uh there's another lady that he comes across named Marta. Her name in the movie was Marta. I'm not sure. I can't remember the lady's name, but she's absolutely older woman again. Gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful woman. Uh, uh, Natalia Traven. What a cool ass name too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sounds but like a villain. She though. only. Yeah, exactly. Like a Bond Traven. Villain. Natalia Traven. <laughs> Mr. Bond, we need you to take her out. You know, don't don't sleep with her, Mr. Bond. You must take her out. She is a villain. No, I'm going to sleep with her. Uh, however, she deserves a Best Supporting Actress nomination for this film. At her role in this it's it's so small it's it's a very small role, but every time she's on screen, she lights it up. And she actually she has really good chemistry with Eastwood. Yeah, he's still way too old for her character in the movie, <laughs> but because of how good of an actor she is, good an actress she is, and good as an actor he is, their chemistry is good and it works. Uh, but again, it's a good movie. It's worth watching if you like stuff. It's not an action movie. That's the main thing. I'm watching like I thought this like the trailer makes it seem like it's going to be a really deep kind of message action movie. It's not. It's got a good. It's a drama with sp- a sprinkling of action. But again, Eastwood's 91. I should have gone in with a little. My expectations kind of made clouded a little bit for me. But the trailer makes it seem like heartbreaking and meaningful. That story is there, and that's my only real failing. Eastwood is normally, I would say, in his direction, very subtle. He doesn't really rely on dialogue too much. There's, you know, it, a very brief dialogue for the most part. I mean, go look at Million Dollar Baby and some of, and some of his other stuff. You know, the dialogue is there, but he he lets the acting t- and the scene tell the story. Not so much in this one. There's a lot of like exposition that is not needed. And like, I kind of, and like, you're, I'm watching. I'm, I kind of, I got that. Like, we didn't need it because he already showed. He already did what he needed to do to show it. Uh, but I just want to bring it up because it's it's a very good... I enjoyed it. It's worth watching. Uh, definitely worth checking out as far as that goes. <laughs> but the other movie I want to bring up, the best of the three that I recently saw, is the reboot of Candyman. Uh, I, Tony Todd, the, candy, the character Candyman is iconic. You know, one of the best horror villains post the 80s because I believe the first Candyman was maybe 91, 92... I know it had to be early. Not, I know it wasn't in the 80s because you probably would have done it already. Uh, let's see. I know you're pulling it up. Uh, of course, they had two sequels 92. after the first one. 92. Yeah. Fantastic. Like, the first Candyman's great. Like, I mean, it's it's scary. Like, as a kid, me and my friend Jason watched it. We rented it. He rented it. We watched it at his house. Immediately after it was over, it was like we went to the bathroom and, like, I dare you to fucking say it. Say it. And, like, we were <laughs> both, we both, like, chickened out at the fourth one. So, I mean, I'm a 12-year-old. Yeah, obviously. But, you know, it's a the mythology that they started with. It, and it's based on a Clive Barker novel, which Clive Barker, I think. I, Stephen King is probably my favorite author, like in terms of especially horror. But Clive Barker. Mainly because it's a vo- it's, I guess it's, it's, it's a volume. And I guess it's in terms of an iconic difference, if that makes any sense. King just has so many iconic books and so many iconic characters, but he's very long winded, much like me on the podcast. Uh, Clive Barker's books are very much more written, almost like you're watching a movie, which I really, really like uh, in terms of reading. Uh, but it's based on a story, and it's I uh, think in well, it's one of the books of blood. I think maybe the fourth. No, I think it might be the sixth one. <clears throat> Excuse me, because uh, I can't the the beloved or something like that. I can't remember the name of the book, the short story. I should say that it's based on, but uh, visually. It's it's very well done. It captures a mood, uh, the uh, paper puppet kind of aesthetic that you might have seen in the trailer a little bit, uh, and the, the credits are fantastic. The end credits and the opening credits. Uh, it's extremely well acted. Uh, what's the dude? Go down, Jesse. I forget his name. He, he says, I think it's like a Islamic name or a. Uh, I can't read. <laughs> I can't think. Yeah, you say it. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yaha Abdul Mateen the second, uh, but he was he's Morpheus in the New Matrix. But he was Doctor Manhattan, or sorry, spoiler yeah. alert, Cal in the Watchmen series. He was also Black Mana in uh, Aquaman. So he's you've, he's Gosh. been in a lot of stuff. He's a fantastic actor, and he kills this role. 
uh, the the actress that plays his wife is great. Everybody in this is great. Like it's it's well it's well done, well acted, well directed, well written. It does what a good the Halloween reboot from a couple years ago, which the sequel is about to come out in a couple weeks, which I can't wait for. I did like that reboot, but the Doctor Sartain thing was too much. Uh, this was done. This is a better. This was a better realized. Uh, re- or a continuation of the franchise because it it does exactly what the recent Halloween movie does. It disregards every sequel. It's a direct sequel to the original. This Candyman is a direct sequel to the original Candyman. And what the, they do what a good sequel should do. They expand the universe while keeping it concise. They don't like it doesn't get out of hand, but and it, and it has something to say. The first Candyman has something to say about you know poverty and everything. This one has the you know has that racial uh, viewpoint on it, but. Much and Jordan Peele didn't direct. A lot of people, oh, the Jordan Peele one. No, he produced it. He didn't direct it. Uh, I think her name. It's a female director. I think Nia or Naya. I'm not sure how she yeah. pronounced it. DaCosta. If I, uh, is it DaCosta? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. She does a great job. And I think I think one go down. I think one of her next projects is like Star Wars or something. I thought. Uh, the Marvels. Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah, she's doing uh, the Marvel, the uh, Captain Marvel sequel. And after seeing Candyman, I've I've high hopes for it with her direction. She's a good director. She again, a key a key thing I think a good director does is nail the tone. And you know that that's also the editing and the cinematography. You know all these pieces work together, but you know the director is the one in charge of it and getting that vision out. And she nails it. It it, it feels like it's part of the Candyman universe, but modern. A lot of people don't like it, which again it's fine if you don't like it because you didn't like the movie. But, you know, a lot of stuff I see in some of the horror groups I'm in online, like, oh, it was fine until they brought up all the races. Like, people, racism is a thing, okay? Yep. <laughs> Get over it. It's in your movies, you know? It's not – they don't beat you over the head with it, which I don't like any movie to beat me over the head with what it's trying to push no matter what it's about. That's me personally. This movie does a great job. It's it's balanced. The tone is good. Uh, I recommend it. And, of course, October is in about a week. Today's – uh, they're 31 or 30 days in September. 30, 30. Yeah, because October is 31. Yeah. So we're literally a week away from October 1st and the next episode of the podcast. So you got that to look forward to. But so it's a, you know, wait a week, watch it in October, or, you know, pregame it. Watch it now. I don't care. Watch the movie, period. It's great. It's creepy. Uh, you know, Candyman scared me as a kid, but as an adult, it doesn't scare me. But it has that tone. It's got some good jump scares. It's creepy. It's got atmosphere. It works. See it. I recommend it. la di da da Don't watch Wild West. Watch Candyman. <laughs> and we got an email from our good friend uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't think I read it. Uh, I forgot to read it the last show. And then, of course, we had the two weeks where we were you know, with the hurricane and everything before we came back for this one. So uh, our good friend, Ben, the Tasmanian Devil, a.k.a. Doomslayer, Wyatt, uh, sent us an email. Hello, friends. I'm so happy you are back with regularly, uh, regular regular shows that haven't got around to writing in my comments are all over the place sorry just like me you, you know how we run it here dude you're mm-hmm. you're you're in good company uh but he's uh i'll just go right through it uh i will eventually get around to watching dune for the first time and your episodes on it made it seem better than i anticipated i'm gonna jump in here he did watch it he got an hour and like 14 minutes in and he turned it off <laughs> <laughs> so ben didn't make it through dune which again i understand as like we talked about on the episode i understand completely if somebody doesn't watch it doesn't get through it no biggie. It's cool. Uh, he actually says, uh, and of course, ben, ben is also, in addition to being an up-and-coming wrestling star in Tasmanian Championship Wrestling, uh, he also is on the BAMcast. And uh, he said, Jolt actually sounds perfect for the BAMcast, so I suggest it for an episode soon. I, I can't wait. to make. Also, to make sure, you're, you're, Ben, if you do it, you all be the only other people I know that have seen it, aside from me and my wife. <laughs> so you can definitely make sure that I'm not crazy or seeing it stupid, because like I said, I was inebriated when I watched it. Uh, my opinion on the Fisher Stevens thing, going back to the short circuit episode, I can argue both sides, but at the end of the day, short circuit sucks. So I really don't care. <laughs> but as he says, like I agreed with in the, in the episode, the sequel is great. Short circuit two is great. Uh, a couple of 89 movies. I love that you didn't mention are studio Ghibli's Kiki's delivery service and John Woo's the killer. I can't remember if you mentioned ghostbusters two, but I think it's superior to the original. I definitely disagree on the end part. Uh, but I do love ghostbusters too. I think it might've been in my honorable mentions. And I didn't put the, any of the uh, Asian films in there because it was, I was just sticking to American movies for that because I wanted to – we talked about this a long time ago, Ben. I don't know if you remember, but about doing an anime month eventually, and Studio Ghibli would feature into that. So I kind of want to keep focus on that. 
for that. And like I said, just I was mainly focusing on American released films uh, for that list. But absolutely killer, one of John Woo's best. I do like Hard Boiled a little bit better. Uh, and uh, anything Studio Ghibli is a absolute must watch whenever it comes out. And of course, we shot the shit about TCW on last episode about for your Doom Slayer referee idea. Don't worry, I've had the same thought because great minds think alike, but fools are seldom parted. I'm not ready to reveal my identity yet because um, if I'm not wrestling on a show, then I still want to be able to referee and feel like part of the show still. Complete, hundred percent, dude. I didn't even, you know, that's perfect. Like that's a absolute banger reason. Uh, thank you for all the kind things you said about wrestling too. It really means a lot. Your boy Doom Slayer. And, you know, Ben, we've never met in real life. We only talked online, and you've been a guest on the show a couple of times. We communicate through social media. But seriously, like, I'm in everywhere I said. You know, there's no, I have no need to brown nose you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, it's truly, like, seriously mean it. You know, every, and, uh, he actually, uh, Jesse, off air, we were talking about cameo. He got a cameo from Matt Hardy. I think his girlfriend at the time did it or somebody. Yeah. He was like, Matt Hardy, like, encouraged him about it. Was, and then, like, watching that cameo to him inspired me. It was like, <laughs> God damn, I'll be a wrestler. You know, so. But Ben, seriously, you're you're doing a great job. Bigger and better things for you in that field, dude. Just you know, stay safe. Try not to get hurt, and keep yeah. it up because that's you know that's always the bane of up and coming wrestlers. It seems is they keep getting hurt. Or they get hurt early, and you know it's a fight from then on. But hey, you got it. Keep it up, dude. Again, thanks for writing in. You're always always good to hear from Doom Slayer. I have to retire the Tasmanian Devil uh, thing because you know you're the Doom Slayer now. Yeah. Until you show up in a Tasmanian devil costume on air, which hopefully won't happen because that's that's like lame early 80s WWE kind of cash. Oh, actually, that's Robocop WCW bullshit is what that would be. <laughs> and we were very far removed from that. So anyway, a little bit of a long winded episode. Hope you enjoyed it. And again, this is just a, you know, we're back. We had to catch up real quick. But the real yeah. fun, y'all, everybody who listens to the podcast regularly knows I love horror movies. That's my that and sci-fi are my favorite genres in action. You're probably in that order, horror, sci-fi, action. Uh, but Halloween is the special time on the podcast. We have to make up for missing it last year. So I'm, I'm still trying to nail down the films because there are five Fridays in October. And not a one of them is a 13, which doesn't matter anyway because we covered all the 80s uh, Friday the 13th. Yeah. So we're kind of caught up on that. Or we're done with that. But anyway, stay tuned to social media. I'll post the first movie. Uh, I might not, you know, uh, the theme I'm leaning towards was just kind of really like B and C level 80s horror, like stuff that, uh, you know, you might remember the VHS cover, but you probably never saw it kind of thing. And also movies that I haven't seen that are kind of like blind spots for me uh, that uh, I might have heard about and always wanted to see and throw them in there. So it would be, I want to try to have a good mix of movies I've seen that I love that a lot of people don't know, but also have some fresh ones to get a fresh opinion on. Because one thing I've noticed, especially, uh, you know, nostalgia is a very hard thing to get around when you're doing podcasts like this, because uh, or even talking about movies that you love. It's very hard. Uh, I mean, I can see why people don't like any movie, period, whether I like it or not. I can understand that. I can see a movie's faults, but it's there's such a different critique. Like, for example, watching Jolt, like watching it, I was I was on, I was just like in the zone of tearing this movie down as I'm watching it for the first time, you know. <laughs> I, I can go back and I can watch Tombstone or uh, or your top secret and like I can see how it's like I can see what it is, but I still can't I can't bring myself to deconstruct it completely if you get what I'm saying uh, as opposed to movies you kind of watch fresh because uh, I watch I listen to some podcasts I'll give a free shout out to the horror virgin because uh, they're actually really fucking funny uh, but they just kind of they're, they they're not they'll watch movies that maybe they've seen once or never, or one person's never seen it and the other ones might've seen it once, but you know, it's not a beloved movie usually. So like those are so much easier to tear down and be funny about, if that makes sense. That's what I'm getting at. When you're talking about a movie you love, it's, it's hard to break it down to where I'm kind of rambling. So about, I need to cut this short, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you know, it, all I'm getting at is that it's, it's more fun to talk about a movie, honestly, that you're seeing that you've just seen than the lens of nostalgia that we have in this podcast. That's kind of what the in the uh, Back to the Future part has evolved to, for the most part, to where I can talk about you know Cry Macho and Candyman and Wild Wild West. We talk about other movies outside of the main topic of the episode. You know, so I know the movies we usually do on the podcast are ones that I like or I've seen most of the, you know ninety percent of the time. So they're usually kind of rose a little bit rose colored, such as the case with Dune, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I fully again I fully acknowledge that most a lot of you know it's a fifty fifty movie. You love it or you hate it. Uh, 
but uh so yeah i want to get some i think that kind of adds to the fun of the month too for me because uh, i try to watch a movie you know me and we either watch a show we watch something every night be it a movie or we watch the latest episode of what we do in shadows or drag race or whatever whatever show we're watching at the time so uh but sprinkling in there some new stuff like there's a new horror movie called malignant on shutter i really want to watch i've heard mixed things about it. i'm saving it for october to watch it during that so i guess some new stuff but again that will be on the podcast you'll hear my thoughts about it but it's not going to be the main movie anyway long story short too late halloween horror starts next month get ready for it i will post the first movie before uh the episode comes out so you can kind of see where it's going out and I always have fun trying to figure out the theme and making a graphic for it so i'll get on that as soon as possible so again sorry for the rambling <laughs> Jesse, are you awake? Huh? What? Huh? Uh, Jesse, Jesse. <laughs> anyway, so hope you enjoy the episode. Watch Top Secret. Watch Candyman. Give Cry Macho a chance if you want a slow drama. If you're looking for a drama, forget the words Wild Wild West ever existed. Yeah. It's dead. Don't, don't, don't. It's a horror movie in itself. But again, don't forget 80sVisited at gmail.com on Facebook, 80sVisited podcast, Instagram, 80s underscore visited. Twitter, I don't even fucking remember because I don't even check Twitter. Right. So, uh, Discord, uh, Jesse, what? How do you like uh, with Discord? Is it just like they search? How do you like add us on Discord? Uh, we isn't like a number or something or yeah, it's not an easy way to do it. Like you have to like share a link and they have to click it. Okay, we'll, we'll do that. Some we'll get that for anybody wants. There's Discord, no we'll shortcut to it. Yeah, so we'd have to post it on some other yeah. type of social media for people to click okay. on that. We'll get that up eventually uh, for that. And then don't forget our, our good friends, Cajun Toy Review, John. Uh, dude, you you buy a shit ton of toys, or you're just going through <laughs> ones in your collection. But uh, check out his channel on YouTube. Uh, he reviews them, you know, then returns them. <laughs> <laughs> this toy is broken. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the BAMcast with Ben. And if you are any, if you can get TCW or you know like TCW on Facebook, pay attention to the Doom Slayer. Mm-hmm. Watch the little videos of the matches and stuff. You know, give them, give support. You know, you support your local drag queens and you support your local wrestlers. There Those are go. some good rules to live by. Mm-hmm. Support your people in your community, period. There you go. So until next week, everybody, when it gets spooky again, I am Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga! this show and more on facebook.com slash awesome pods and follow us on twitter at awesome pods